Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. It's GQ here with yet another episode on the How We Solve show. Today, I have with me Carrie Phillips, who is the CEO of The Content Factory, a digital PR agency that specializes in SEO and social media marketing. She started The Content Factory in 2010 with $500 and some SEO skills. And now the company is one of the top SEO agencies in the English-speaking world. Thrive named Carrie a limit-breaking female founder who has become an evangelist for the work-from-home or work-from-anywhere lifestyle, particularly for women. She's also the co-host of the Workationing podcast, which documents her full-time digital nomad life. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I just have to say this because I didn't see this before, but I really love the name of your podcast. So Workationing, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. When you can work from home, you can work from anywhere. And I discovered this pretty early on. I founded the Content Factory as a remote-first agency. I call it getting ready to get ready for work routine. It takes forever, especially with a lady who has challenging hair texture like myself. So just to get ready and commute to an office when I was working in advertising, it was like an hour and 15 minutes each way. Like round trip, it turned out to be around two hours. That's all unpaid labor. So when I started my agency, I was like, well, I'm just not going to do that. And I'm not going to make anybody on my team do that either. And uh, I started workationing pretty early on. I started in the U.S. I would take extended trips to California or to go visit friends in different parts of the country. And then in 2017, I put all of my stuff into a 10 by 10 storage shed. And I started traveling the world intentionally as a digital nomad. And at each location in the podcast, we knock at least one item off of our bucket list. So that is ranged from flying a plane to uh, cage diving with sharks in South Africa. So it's been a fun adventure. And you've come such a long way. And I think that today's topic would be super relevant for people who are looking to build a similar lifestyle, right? And so today's problem that we're solving, well, what are we talking about today, Carrie? Search engine optimization. It's my favorite subject. <laughs> also known as SEO. Also known as SEO. And just before the show, we were just saying that this could be a five hour long episode, but no, nah, you'll notice that the episode length is going to be under like 30 minutes or so, but we will definitely break this down into several parts. And I think Carrie, you know, if you're off course, I'm happy to come back on the show. We can definitely break this down into a series, right? We can definitely get into SEO into the meat of it. I love that because there's so much just on the PR side of things that you need for backlinks and we'll get into this. But in order to be really good at SEO, you should be good at PR. And that's easier than you would think. <laughs> I've been in Forbes more times than I can count. Same thing for fast company. And once you understand the process, which I can explain to your listeners maybe on a later episode, it's really not that difficult to DIY your own PR. So let's get into it. How do you rank number one in Google search, right? So what's the first step, Carrie? So there are several different components to SEO. And I think that uh, we should just start there and then we can get into the individual tactics. Essentially, there are three areas of SEO that, like three components that all need to be working together in harmony in order for you to rank for the search terms that your clients or customers are looking for before they make a purchase, ideally from you. So the first aspect is on-site content. If you don't have content on your site, Google's not going to be able to find what you're talking about, and then none of your potential uh, target audience is going to 
be able to find you either. The second is technical SEO. So from a foundational perspective, is your site set up correctly that, to like trigger all of the good vibes from the search crawlers? So for example, if your uh, site loads super slow, that's, uh, that's really going to hurt you when it comes to your SEO because Google is and the other search uh, engines as well, they're all looking to provide like the highest quality referral. That's how people keep using their service, right? So if people are bouncing off of your page because it takes too long to load, Google's going to recognize that and it's not going to rank you. So like things like image size optimization come into play, uh, schema, there's all kinds of different like technical SEO aspects. Like if you're an SEO newbie, I would highly recommend that you just outsource that to somebody who knows what they're doing. Because it takes a lot of in-depth knowledge, but largely, once you have that foundation set, it's kind of like a set it and forget it, unless, you know, something catastrophic happens. So that's the second part. And then the third aspect of SEO is off-page signaling, so backlinks, which is why PR is so important. Google is able to recognize and will value you higher as a result when authoritative websites are linking to yours. That sends signals to the search crawlers that like your content is so good that like Forbes and Fast Company can't stop linking to your website. And so that helps all of your content rank a lot higher. It's even better if you're able to get links directly to. So in an ideal world, Forbes would be linking to an internal page on my website, like a blog post instead of to my homepage because for specific pages that you're trying to get to rank, Google really recognizes internal page links and values those more because that's a very specific piece of content on your website instead of the content or the website as a whole. And that's really how you can just put your SEO efforts on steroids. Links can have a huge difference. So those are the three aspects of SEO that you need to have on your radar. Number one, content. Number two, the technical side of things. And then number three, off-page signaling, so backlinks. And we have mentioned the technical SEO piece. If this is your first time venturing into SEO, you probably want to get work with an expert, for example, like Gary or her agency to figure out how that would work. Because uh, yeah, I, I do remember the first time I started working with that and it was like, wow, I mean, like I understand how to kind of weave my way around things, but I can't understand how that could be a little bit much for people to understand sometimes. Yeah, and like things like site structure really make a difference and they really make a difference in the usability of your website. But that's a whole other area too. So if you don't have a giant budget, but you've got some budget and you just don't have the time or patience to teach yourself technical SEO, that's an aspect that you could easily outsource. SEO in general is very easy to outsource, especially if you're working with an agency or a freelancer who knows what they're doing and has like a past track record of success. The reason why you really care about that agency or freelancer's past track record of success is because SEO is very formulaic. And if you can do it for one site, chances are you can do it for a bunch of other sites too. And not all agencies are created equal. So if you are going to outsource any aspect of your SEO, it really is important to have a ton of case studies from the SEO agency that you're potentially working with, really review them, and maybe even reach out to some former clients as well. Because there are a lot of people who claim to know SEO and charge a lot for SEO, but they don't deliver the results. 
Exactly. And it does definitely take quite a bit of time for SEO to play out as well, right? You know, when you invest in SEO, you're not expecting it to just have an overnight success. Like, hey, it's not just going to, you know, you're not going to see results till two months, maybe a month. Of course, it can be viral. I mean, I wouldn't even extend that even longer. Honestly, we tell our clients, if you're an established website, you can see results in three months, maybe less. But if you're not an established website, like you're starting from scratch, you could be looking at closer to six to eight months. And that's just kind of the industry standard. And, and that makes sense. I think that's realistic because you got to invest and then you'll reap the rewards later on, right? So now when we talk about building out our content or our site and we want to rank number one on Google search, what's the what's the first thing? So we've identified three things. You mentioned the, the three, I guess, pillars are the three key things to look out for our content, technical SEO, and we talked about backlinking or getting basically domain authority at some level, right? So what's the first thing when we're creating content? How do we go about it so that we're on the right track? So the first thing you want to do is keyword research. You need to identify what search terms your target audience is looking for so that you can create content to rank number one, or at least on the first page, and then they find you that way. So a great way to figure out keyword research is to reverse engineer common questions that your target audience may have. I have written three blog posts over at the Content Factory's website that have each generated over a million dollars. The top one has generated over $5 million worth of business for my agency over the years. I wrote this blog in 2011, and it still ranks well today because I keep that content updated. That's, you know, a key driver of revenue for me. So I want to make sure that I keep that ranking and ranking well. But using that blog post as an example, that blog post is called How Much Does Social Media Marketing Cost? Here's why that's a conversion-optimized search term for me. Because if somebody's looking for the cost of something, it's because they're in a research phase before making a purchase. And that blog post is like 2,000 words. It talks about all kinds of different price ranges, what you'll get if you find somebody off of Craigslist who's a newbie or if you go with like, you know, one of the big three agencies. And that post has been linked to as a resource by all kinds of different outlets as a result of the fact that like most agencies don't put their prices on front street. I always have like that's a strategic advantage for me because it weeds out the people who don't have the budget to work with me. Also, by being transparent about these things, I'm able to stand out from other agencies and also stand out in the search engine results pages by like ranking number one for this high conversion search term. And we've gotten national brands, several of them, off of that blog post, ranging from Astroglide to Fairtrade America. So SEO definitely works. (laughs) And that's an example of how you can figure out what the conversion-optimized search terms are that you should be creating content around. If you're not sure where to start, uh, there are tools like SEMrush or Arefs. You can plug in your website. You can see what keywords you're currently ranking for. You can also plug in your competitors' websites, and it'll tell you what search terms they're ranking for. So if you have a competitor who's really slaying it in Google and you want to reverse engineer their strategy, look at which search terms they're currently ranking for that you want to rank for, check out the content on those pages, and then just write better content. Maybe quote a couple experts, you know? So keyword research is really important because you also want to incorporate those keywords throughout the back end of your website and build out a content calendar. So I like to do keyword research in tandem or even ahead of step number two 
which would be site cleanup. So take a look at your site's technical SEO. Again, AREFs and SEMrush will give you a report detailing, you know, things you need to fix, things that are good. And if you don't have the technical skill to be able to fix those issues, this is why I think that it's really easy to outsource that to somebody who already knows technical SEO, especially if you give them that SEM rush report, they'll be able to find it anyway. But then you'll have a checklist of knowing what things need to be fixed so that somebody's not scamming you and trying to sell you on stuff that you don't need. Once we kind of found out what we're ranking for or what we're looking to rank for, because it's always an interesting analysis when you've had your site for a while and you're wondering, okay, now I'm really going to take SEO seriously. And you use, you know, like you mentioned, like SEMrush or uh, I've always been wondering how do you pronounce that? So it's AREF, uh, AREF, I like to call it like AHREFs or RFs because I have no idea how to say that, but AREFs, I guess that's that's probably right. So, you know, we're all guessing it. Is it HARO, HARO? I always say HARO. I like the hard egg. <laughs> We're figuring it out. Well, until someone corrects us. Then just like the GIF and GIF conversation. Right? Oh, um, yeah. I'm on team GIF. Can't stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We better not get into that then. Oh, no. Okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> but jokes aside, like, you know, when you talk about the keyword research piece, I think what's always like, interesting is that people might get surprised as to what the search terms are before they land on their pages. That's one. And then number two, like you said, how do you then optimize content to actually rank for those terms that you want people to, because obviously, you know, maybe these people are coming in, they're searching, whatever, but they're not necessarily your right ideal customers or ideal leads, but you're actually looking for people that are searching for some specific term to come in, right? And so I think it's always surprising to find that out. And thanks for recommending those two tools. I think those are really good points for people to look at. And then once you've kind of understood what kind of keywords you want to rank for, you know, for each page, for your site, and then moving on to the site cleanup piece, I think that's something that not many people tend to think about, right? They think about fixing te technical SEO. They're like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, you know, I'm just going to like maybe uh, optimize my images, just kind of clean up the bulk of it. But there's just so much more into it that not many people think until they get a tool like SEMrush, for example, to analyze that. Yeah. I mean, if your ankle's broken, you can't run real fast. And that's often like kind of hang up with a lot of SEO efforts. There's like something broken on the site. And in some cases, it's literally the website developer didn't like check the right box to make it visible to Google. That's happened like three times. <laughs> Back to the ankle broken, can't run fast analogy. It's really easy with technical SEO for you to not even know that that ankle is broken. So it's really important that you use like an AREFs or an SEMrush to check and see if there's anything that, you know, you need to go to the ER for. And that ER would be, you know, a, a technical SEO expert. Very cool. Very cool. So once we have those nailed down, right? So we, we understand what word keywords we want to rank for. We've now optimized our site or from a technical SEO perspective. What, what, what's next? Can we dive right into creating our landing pages and content right away? Do we still have additional steps before that? No, let's just go right on into content production. And so with content production, ideally, you have your keywords in a spreadsheet and you'll find that like a lot of like back to my cost of social media marketing post as an example, that doesn't just rank for how much does social media marketing cost or, you know, cost of social media. It also ranks for like Twitter specific cost of search, Facebook specific, et cetera. So keyword clusters are really important, right? So you don't need to write one piece of content for every keyword that you're targeting. Ideally, one piece of content is going to rank for, you know, a dozen different keywords. And you're structuring your content in such a way 
that Google can like see what it is that you're doing and then reward you for it. Uh, and it's pretty formulaic. I have complete guides to both keyword research and content development, like how to write a blog post that ranks and converts. <laughs> and I'll share those links with you so you can put them in the show notes in case people want to just like dive right in. There is a formula to creating content that ranks. Once you have that formula down, you just rinse and repeat with other keywords and you will see results. Very nice. Very nice. And now when we talk about content, typically long form content that provides value, you didn't just write for the sake of writing, but long form content that's well targeted and is optimized, has purpose, that works well. But like, are there any key types of content that you think a person who's just starting out or who's looking to optimize their content these days for SEO that they should be looking at, right? So we talk about the blog, we talk about blog posts. And I think anyone knows that, you know, like usually when you start a site, typically you go to the blog and you write like a, as a rule of thumb or like some figure from your head, it's like a thousand to 2000 words per post kind of thing, right? So yeah, I mean, I'd go even longer. There have been all kinds of studies that show that long form content. And what I mean by that is content that's at least 2000 words ranks better and gets a lot more internal backlinks. I think it's like 77.2% more backlinks. And that makes sense. We see this all the time with our clients. We create content that ranks and then journalists while researching the topic reach out to our clients because they found the blog post and now they want to interview them for an article. One of my clients has had this happen several times recently. His company is Fortified Ballistic Security and his company produces bulletproof windows. They can make panic rooms in any house. They do panic rooms on yachts, like really high tech, cool stuff, like the most top of the line security doors that are beautiful <laughs> that you can find. We actually got them to rank on the first page for panic room. There is a movie called Panic Room. Do you know how difficult it is on that first page? And uh, journalists were looking for, you know, panic room specific topics during the pandemic. And we got, I think it was MSN, and then that got syndicated everywhere. The Rob Report, which is like an ultra high-end publication, they ran a feature on the client all because of the fact that they found them in search. So that content can do so many things for you once you get it to rank. Ideally, that content is educating your target audience and building trust so that they just can't wait to buy from you. You can do that by, you know, educating them <laughs> and also quoting experts in your content. One of my favorite things to do, and I've got a guide on this as well that I'll share with you on, so now I'm up to three, is if you quote experts in your content, there are so many content marketing opportunities after that. Once you publish that blog post and you share it on social, here's my latest post featuring expert advice from, you know, tag influencer, tag influencer, tag influencer, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have a ton more retweets and likes on your content. You're going to leverage larger networks to increase the size of your own. And good things will happen. Also, after you quote these experts, it's not uncommon to ask them to, you know, link back to it on their site somewhere. So that's internal link building opportunities as well. For the same reason, I like to mention complementary non-competing brands. I stay representing SEMrush and AREFs as well as a bunch of other industry tools. Why? Because then when we share it on social, they often pull like the nice things that we say. Strategically finding out ways to bake in these content marketing right into your content, it really 10x is your results. 
And that really leads to the part of it, right? So when we have the piece of content, you've talked about sharing that. And, but ultimately one of the goals there, you talked about backlinking, right? Cause the goal here is that, you know, once we get really good piece of content out there, you want to get as much eyeballs on it as possible to get it direct better on Google, you need more of that link juice. And that's where backlinking comes in. Yeah. So number four, backlinking, it's actually my favorite part of the job besides the keyword research strategy, because I just think that that's fun. But in order to be good at SEO, you have to get good at PR. And that's how I became a PR expert <laughs> many years ago. Backlinks can be easier to get than you think. There are a ton of resources like HARO, H-A-R-O, short for help a reporter out. And this is an email digest that will come to you three times a day and will literally put hundreds of reporter queries in your inbox like every single day. So some of these queries might be people looking for business advice from like Forbes or Business Insider, could be looking for the best Mother's Day gifts. If you've got like a product, I would highly recommend that you sign up for Hero. Then you can start getting into all of these like gift guides. Hero is lousy with gift guide opportunities and from very big outlets. So We've had clients get placed in gift guides and sell out from Hero. Gotta check out Hero. Hero is free, but quoted, it's spelled Q-W-O-T-E-D. Similar service. They have a free and a paid version. I own an agency, so of course we go with the with paid version. It gets you more opportunities. If you rely on those two alone, if you work it right, you should be able to get yourself some pretty major media coverage and the backlinks to boot uh, within like four months. So you and I probably, and every other business owner, I guess, like, you know, uh, you're constantly getting these emails where people say, and I, this is part of the backlinks building strategy or whatever, right? Number one, people want to write guest posts for you. They hit you up on your DMs or your emails. You get a lot of those. That's one. And then you also have people saying, hey, can I link to your article or which on and so on and so forth. You know, what, what are your thoughts around that type of link building, right? Where number one, you either do guest posting, number two, you purchase links in a way. Uh, I know that it's kind of like considered like blackhead SEO at some level, depending on how you do it. But do you think there's a place for that in SEO? Like, well, what are your thoughts around that? You can't just shotgun out a bunch of copy paste. Hey, can I write a guest post for you? Because I get dozens of those a day to the point where I have a template. I've got a mix max template and it's just like, no, remove me from your Unsub. Well, yeah, because they'll hit you up with follow-ups 10 times. These people are relentless. And I'm just like, God, does this work for you ever? Because it's just making me hit that report spam button real fast. So you want to make sure that you're not doing that. Also, zillions of people are already doing that and it's annoying the piss out of all of us. So you're going to have a hard time if you're going that route. Relationship building never goes out of style though. So if you, again, going to the like baking in content marketing, right, to your content, if you write a piece of content that is highly favorable about a tool or a person or a company or whatever, let them know when it goes live and then say, hey, I'd love to write a testimonial for you if you'd like to link back to this post. Or I'd love to write a testimonial for you if you link back to my website. I'm also happy to write up a quick case study about how I use your product or service. And nobody's going to say no to that, right? Or you're going to get a lot fewer no's than you would otherwise. And so that's why it's also important to like have social media in the mix so that you're hitting them from multiple points. You're really like actually building that relationship. And then you hit up the people you know for backlinks, you know? Like 
you already been talking about them on your blog, favorably so. Aren't they happy to see that? Yeah, because they retweeted you. So like all systems are go for that type of backlink building. Purchasing backlinks. I don't do it as a rule. There are pro blogger networks and they really work for a lot of people super well until they no longer do and the, the search engines catch up to it and the sites get blacklisted. And then you're just in for a world of hurt. You might as well just start over again, you know? Yeah. And what about the quality of those backlinks? It really has to be done in such a curated way that I, I wouldn't trust anybody but myself to do that kind of thing or somebody on my team. And even then, we'd still look very closely at those links that we're buying. Link swapping can send the wrong signals sometimes. So if you're reaching out and you're sharing links with a bunch of different sites and some of them aren't even relevant, but you're getting those backlinks, girl, it can send black hat signals. So I just do my best, which it's not hard to try, to come up with ethical link building that like at the end of the day, my clients are never going to get slapped down for anything that we did that was shady because we just don't do shady things. Okay. But it makes a lot of sense. And you, you don't want to have to go back to uh, like start back from square one. Like, you know, you're enjoying that success. But then after that, everything just changes and comes crashing down. And you're like, okay, yeah, I have to invest the money to restart the whole thing. Then it's, then where do you go with that, right? You were also leading to one point where, you know, if you're not really the expert at this right now, you tried your hand at it, but you like to see results at some level quicker. But, you know, we know that SEO is the long game. So what's the final step to solving this? How do we get to number one? I would recommend outsourcing to a legitimate agency. I own one. <laughs> the content factory is open for business if you'd like to contact us. But there are a ton of great resources available if you know where to look. Facebook groups are like my absolute favorite way to, I guess, connect with industry professionals. I founded or co-founded Sisters in SEO Facebook group. It has become the world's largest network of non-dude bros in the industry. <laughs> uh -huh. We're up to over or almost 11,000 members. Wow. No, but that's cool. That's really cool. Wow. So come join us if you're a non-dude bro interested in SEO. And like we have dozens of job ops that are posted every week, certainly every month, if not every week. And so like if you're looking for somebody, you can just post an ad for or make a post in the group what you're looking for. And you'll have a ton of people with experience reaching out to you. So can a dude or a bro post an, a job at there? Or has it, has, does it have to be a non-dude? Non <laughs> We're working in non-dude bro territory. But there's another Facebook group called Superstar SEO that anyone can join. I mean, honestly, you could post like a Craigslist ad or something. But you're going to get all kinds of people applying. Whereas if you go to these industry-specific Facebook groups, they have them for like email marketing. They've got them everywhere, right? So you just join them and say, hey, I'm looking for an expert here. Who do you recommend? And then group members will start recommending each other. So it's not like you're starting from scratch there. If they care enough about their industry to be in industry-specific Facebook groups and commenting, then like chances are they know what they're talking about. And that's the kind of person you want to be working with anyway yeah. from, <laughs> for, for the whole, whole shebang, right? And so just to round things off, you know, we talked about, so if you want to rank number one on Google search, well, the precursor to that is you do need time. You do need to invest in it. It's, it's not just going to happen overnight, but you know, if you're willing to take the effort and money at the first, well, at some level money. So the first one being that perform your keyword research. Well, you want to find out what terms you want to rank for or what you're already ranking for that you want to double down on. Number two, you want to clean up your site or in this case, work on your technical SEO, optimize your site well so that it loads fast, so that it sits well with Google and that people can actually have a really great browsing experience. 
And number three, we talk about creating kick-ass content, right? We're talking about long-form content. And, you know, Carrie said it has to be at least 2,000 words for this to make sense. And I, and I completely agree with that. I think long-form content, naturally, when you're providing value, there's a lot of things that you can go into. And of course, in itself, there's probably a lot more information as to how you can go about writing such content. But we'll talk about that very shortly and how you can contact Carrie to learn more about that. And then the fourth part is providing link juice for your content and your site. And that's building backlinks naturally and ethically. We're looking at working with other experts in the domain. We're looking at working with people like it. Like I think one really great example that Carrie brought up was to, for example, create case studies perhaps for people's products. And so that that way it's not just like, hey, you know, can I write a guest post for you versus like you're offering value and receiving that in return. So it's a good exchange of value. And if you feel that this is too much for you, you don't have the time, you want to focus on growing your brand or growing your service, well, you can always outsource to, for example, the content factory to have experts in the field or a 24-7 neck deep in SEO. And so, Kerry, what are some of the tools or resources that you recommend that people check out after this episode? If they hit the show notes, I will provide guides to keyword research, to writing content that ranks and converts. Backlink building via Hero. We've written the complete guide. And with that, there is a Hero pitch template that has so far generated over $10 million worth of PR coverage for our clients. Yeah, it's a good one. It works. <laughs> and also, I've got a complete guide to baking in content marketing into your content at link bait writing is what we call it. And so I'll have all of those resources available to listeners. Furthermore, we have, if they really want to dig into it, I have an online course called Rise and Convert, which will teach you all of this and more with in-depth videos, templates. We really hold your hand and walk you through the entire SEO process. Very cool. I think that the training course will be a really good starting point, for right? You know, once you understand how this works, I think this is a really good ground to get started. So Rise and Convert training course, right? You can check that in the show notes as well. If people have more questions and they want to, you know, dig into SEO, they were very happy to have the five-hour conversation with you. What's a good way to get in touch with you, Carrie? Okay, so my website is contentfac.com. Hit me up there. We've got a contact us form and it comes directly to me. Your non-dupro listeners are very welcome to join me over at the Sisters in SEO Facebook group. I'm on LinkedIn, Carrie DePhillips. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I'm pretty easy to access. I think I'm the only Carrie DePhillips on earth. <laughs> so, nice. Then you're easily, yeah, you're yeah, ranking so you number one. Time, me, you're Google Carrie DePhillips. <laughs> naturally, not naturally number one automatically. So you know <laughs> exactly. where you're working with the best. <laughs> well, hey, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think this was a really good conversation of us, yo, and I think it's just a precursor to more things to come. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you spending some time with me today. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. We work really hard to produce this show to support you and your businesses. So we have a little favor to ask of you. Now, if you could review the show on Apple Podcasts, we'd really love to hear your feedback. And you can let us know what you think of the show and what we should discuss in the future episodes. We hope we've earned your five stars. But in any case, your opinion matters a lot to us. Remember, How We Solve is more than just a show. So we offer a full suite of services that can accelerate growth and maximize revenue for your business. So check us out on our website at howwesolve.com to learn more. And if you want to start highlighting the podcast episodes, Kindle style, and share specific moments, you can do so now using the Clara.fm application. 
You can filter episodes by tags, transcribe the episode that you just listened to live, and of course, click on links to things like books, articles, or definitions as you listen along. So download the app on iOS or Android by going to clever.fm and listen to how we solve for an enhanced experience. All right, peace. Is your e-commerce growing so fast that you can't keep up with supporting your customers in real time? Serve them better in any time zone and language. They will thank you with higher conversion rates and repeat purchases. We build and manage your own dedicated customer experience team of live chat and support agents. Get started today. Visit ltvplus.com. That's ltvplus.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.